0: Are we having fun yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right? From those commercials? Beer commercials. Right? Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And I didn't know Jews could sing like that.
1: And I'm Avsyn and Alex, let us gingerly touch our tips.
0: Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. And for most of the last three months, and starting next week, or this week even, um, a Party Down podcast. But we are here today to discuss Role Models, which was originally released on November 7th, 2008, the third of the uh, David Wayne-directed movies that we've been watching during our little break here. And uh, released two days after
1: Barack Obama was elected president. So I would say it was a big oh. week that week. Uh, that is a quiet week. This, that, that was a big week. Um, that was definitely, you know, in many ways, the week that hope came to America. Very I mean, I,
0: I remember just two days before the movie was released. I was living in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts at the time. And there was this impromptu gathering of thousands of people in in, um, in Harvard Square just to celebrate the upcoming release of this movie. So this movie was 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 really? very hyped. And, yeah. I, I mean, I think that was happening all all over
1: the country, New York and Chicago. I remember seeing pictures. Interesting. Of yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's clearly just like more probably a thing of like just like this general trend of like comedies at that time. Right. Like there was nothing specifically about role models. That was particularly exciting. It's just like there had been like a nice run of like, right, you okay, know, we, this kind we, of group of we have, we have to pause. Nope. Uh, Why
0: I, I said that two, it was two days before two, it came out two days after Obama was elected. And then I said, two days before the movie came out, thousands of people
1: congregated to celebrate the upcoming release of this movie. And you started answering. Oh, I. Things. Sorry, I was. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> no, so this I'll all stays. Yeah, it. I. Was, stays <laughs> it. I was, well, then you have to keep in the part you, where I. Explained and you started that, to answer to
0: earnestly, like, "Well, yes, probably because there was comedies at the time." <laughs> yeah, and no. And, so and, I heard that you were saying elected. very excited. I,
1: yeah. No, I was reading David Wayne's Wikipedia page and not really listening to oh, you. Yes, I, was making um, I was listening. Right. To, yeah. Okay. Well, Let's, well, let's I, move on.
0: As long as we're being honest, I have to be completely honest. I did not know what movie we agreed to watch and podcast about when uh, when I had this when we discussed this. um, Like, I, I know that we were doing role models, but in my head, the movie the, the role models is the name of the movie, the actual name of which is Step Brothers. So, like, in my head. <laughs> In my head, we were watching a movie with Adam Scott and John C. Riley right. and the Catalina Wine okay. Mixer.
1: You watched you watched the movie that we're podcasting
0: about, though, right? Yes, I I I, okay, I popped cool. up role models, and I'm like, in like four seconds of the movie, I'm like, wait a second, this is not role models. I'm like, oh, this is role models. Yeah, the movie so I you had. Didn't, head- you yes, didn't realize that movie. you
1: had agreed to watch a movie with Fuller in it.
0: Yeah, well, so the, the funny <laughs> thing is, and I can't claim to this is why I was confused. I didn't know this until uh, you know, after the fact. But um, on Wikipedia, this movie that we saw, Role Models, the original name of the movie was Big Brothers.
1: Ah, interesting. so if it right, that makes big sense Brothers, because they call like, them. Do you big, want to be yes. a big brother to yes. someone like it, me? Yeah.
0: It would make more sense if it was called Big Brothers that I confuse it with Step Brothers. But it's uh-huh. not called Big Brothers. It's called Role Models. They have nothing to do with each other. Except I guess they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and, and role models they're is both these comedies movies. that came out in the same general time sure. when yeah. these like raunchy bro comedies were yeah, I mean they have a lot of having a nice run in, in yeah. term, but yes but not really um, yeah, so role models
0: is a yeah. decent no, enough uh, movie um, but if I had act, and like we'll talk about it because we agreed to but like if I had actually remembered what movie it was I probably wouldn't have proposed like that we podcast about
1: it Interesting, because so now I'm now I have a big uh, gripe against you because I wasn't so into doing role models, but you seemed very into doing it last week. So I was like, all right, fine, we'll do it. I, yeah, I think thought it was it. Brothers. So. <laughs> well, I knew it was role models. Um That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's not a terrible movie. I don't well, think I know, it's, it's that it's, good. It's, um it, I, I, remember time, I, I remember people being very into it at the time, and I think it has still a pretty strong following. So I guess it's just one of those. That's so interesting that you say really that into. because
0: I remember nothing about it at the time. Um, yeah. and I was going to say like, to me, it doesn't hold a candle to the 10 or wet hot American summer, but in actual fact, while each of those may be more cult hits, wet hot American summer for lots of people, we know because their Jews went to camp and the 10 for me and my roommate at the time, because we were related to the 10, like this movie, I just thought of was sort of fine, but like the actual reviews of this movie and how much money it made and everything, it was much more successful than wet hot American summer, um, yes. or the 10 by every objective
1: measurement. Yeah. Well, that's probably yes, well, obviously more than White Hot American Sober.
0: No, but yeah. I'm I'm not just speaking, like. Um, but, I mean, this is probably a like, good point to jump I'm to the reviews uh, though. Like the re- it has a higher rating on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. And, and.
1: Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, it's a much more conventional more, comedy than. Uh, yes, yeah,
0: so I guess it's more conventional than those two. Um, although you know, there's obviously a lot of silliness, and and in fact, this movie was largely improvised. Uh, the backstory here is oh, that is yeah. So is that true? so this. This movie was originally announced in 2006, and it went through a bunch of um, versions, and then the writer's strike comes in 2007, and so they couldn't – they were planning on updating the script, and they couldn't, and so instead they just told the actors, hey, just improvise and do whatever you want, which I think is most obvious in Jane Lynch's work. Like Jane Lynch is very clearly yeah. improvising in every yeah. scene in the movie. And she's fantastic, but it's funny that like we described it as a conventional movie, but it's actually really not. It's like you know more like yeah. an episode well, of Curb,
1: which is sort compared of, you know, to what on American Summer or the Ten, it's much more conventional. I would say, um, the story but yeah, I think it actually is, is still a. The story is a very conventional, you know, yes. rom com just comedy storyline of you know whatever. Um... Um, I think we should actually it's a good point to jump ahead to T V raps had a good postman um, Hmm. just about kind of like the general movie universe where this kind of entered that in that sort of timeline. Um, He says role models came out on November 7th, 2008, which he said towards the end of this insane 18 month stretch of rated R comedies that we were blessed with. Mm -hmm. Starting off on June 1st, 2007 with Knocked Up. August 3rd was the 10, which he puts in parentheses. (laughs) Uh, The rest of them are in parentheses. Uh, Superbad was in August and then Walk Hard uh, in December of that year. Then you jump to April of 2008. Oh, I see. So
0: non-parentheses means like sort of very broad popular comedies at the time. And parentheses means and
1: also should have won an Oscar you correct that's yeah. the distinction yeah okay, that, I that it. It. Yes. Yes. Okay. the other okay. possibilities that he's making fun of you but i don't yeah. know okay. no, uh, i guess definitely. we'll ask him to, for a follow-up yeah. um so then and then in 2008 we get forgetting sarah marshall pineapple express tropic thunder Step Brothers, and role models so yeah we mean, discussed that, those the pineapple
0: express and tropic yeah. thunder or two other movies that i always mix up uh similar to Step Brothers and role models
1: interesting and i'm not sure why um, okay they both have i don't two know why it, yeah.
0: but i'm not the only one who's done okay, that i mentioned to other people
1: yeah, the only movie on here I have not seen is Walk Hard, movies. which I know I should see. I've seen and I've seen clips of Walk Hard, the Dewey
0: Cox story. Um, I did see that. Yeah. I think for the first time in the last like couple of years, like not when it came out. Uh, it's good. It, it's I saw it. I think with some other podcasts, possibly either um, the Movie Ladder with Zach Brooks or um, um, there will be Pod with with John and Sammy and maybe you at the time. Some podcasts uh, no, I just
1: I think it was movie. I think it was movie ladder. Okay. After. They talked about it as being sort of like wrong, the yeah. ultimate version of a mockumentary of a
0: band. Uh-huh. Um, so, or I might've been, or it might, I don't know, might maybe another podcast, not, not one made by a friend of mine, but um, yeah, so I saw it. It was good. I, I didn't see why it was exalted as exalted as
1: whoever recommended it to me said it was, but you know, but I like John. All right. Well, I think, so I think it's kind of a, du- almost a direct parody of walk the line. The, uh, Yes, Johnny, well, the Johnny change. Cash one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what? Well, you know, it could be that it's helpful to have seen that recently to yes. know, like, exactly yes. as long right. as like the broader parody that it's doing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also supposed to work just as like if you if you've seen any of these like music yeah. biopics, you should like no, no, no it was understand good. It was, what they're doing. It was, it
0: was very good. But you
1: yeah, know, but like I've not seen it though. I've not seen it. It, it is it is on my list. Um, mm. um, of which I'm still making my top ten as I was uh, ordered to do by Ken Marino. But I've been spending a lot of time on that, and yeah. maybe it'll be revealed one day. Well, speaking um,
0: of postmen that are asking us to rank things, I was going to wait till the postman, but you know, <laughs> now that I've segued it, Ian Rosenblum in the Postman asked us to rank um, the power rankings of the post American Pie careers of the stars of American Pie. Now, one might wonder why would we be ranking people <laughs> after a movie that we're not podcasting about? Right. I think Let's- it's
1: because somebody mentioned Natasha Leone in the group, right? Is oh, that was right. that what Well, I mean, it?
0: well, and also I assume because Stifler is in Sean William Scott is a movie that. We're oh, doing, yes. Right. OK, fine. Yeah.
1: Stifler. Um, but, but, but yeah. But I so actually, it. but. but Okay, you before it? you do that, I just want, yeah. I did not, uh, but I'll kind of okay. just piggyback off whatever you do. Um, he do. He does mention at the end of his email that oh, sorry, it's um, me. Back to he says, you know, not sure we'll ever have a run of comics like this again. And I was lucky enough to see them all in 10th, 11th grade, which definitely shapes the way I view them. Um, and that's certainly like a very important point for me in examining this movie because I'm, uh, you know, you just mentioned him, but I'm sure there was a period in my life where I thought Stifler was like the funniest thing. Uh, yes. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not the funniest thing. Well, so
0: hold on. So to that point, Svea's uh, talking about how he was in 10th and 11th grade when these movies came out i think that's even more true for us because we were literally in that age when, when we were 10th of, grade when
1: american when pie. american
0: pie yeah. comes out and american pie it was such a huge deal at the time because there hadn't really was, been yes. a rated r comedy since porky's which was like 16 years early it was like 1983 or 84 something like that and american pie was such a big deal that i also remember that we were not i think we were 15 when it came out we weren't yet yeah, 16 or we, we were came 16, out in we were,
1: 1999
0: yeah, we were. Yeah, so we were 16. It came out in August of 99, like right before 10th grade yeah. started, I guess, or 11th grade started, excuse me. But we were 16, yeah. and you had to be 17 to get into rated R movies. And some theaters were actually strict about that, which seems insane now. But, um, yeah, and I remember it was like, it wasn't always like it was sometimes hard to get in to see the movie. Even though these movies were clearly geared towards us or people our age, but because there hadn't been a rated R comedy, like, so what tv talks about is all these other rated R movies that come nine years later, but like there was sort of continuously rated R movies post American Pie, but American Pie was the first one
1: in forever that was geared towards like teenagers. Yeah, yeah, no. American Pie was groundbreaking. Um, like, everybody saw it. It was, like, That's all the before, different, before you know, slangs them. and references yeah. and all the different things that were derived from this movie were, like, huge in, like, our generation zeitgeists, like, for a very long time. Yes. Um, And it, like, ushered in, like, this wave of, like, raunchy comedies with like nudity in them and frat parties and all these types of things that were kind of like on the DL from, as you said, for like, probably for like the eighties, like most of the nineties yeah. stuff did not really did not exist. Not American pies
0: were brought up back. I mean, they were obviously uh, rated R comedies, but they were geared towards adults.
1: Yeah, but I don't, and think not even, yeah, not
0: raunchy, Yeah. Not, so, but yeah, not question. raunchy like this. Did it go too far in the sense of this movie role models, for example, It's not exactly clear to me who it's for. The message seems to be more for younger kids, frankly, than than people who are watching rated R movies. Could you have taken out the two like naked women and like a bunch of the F words and had 99.9 percent the same movie, but have it rated PG-13? And then it could be more for like, right. Replace Stifler
1: with like someone more wholesome.
0: No, you can have Stifler still. He can be you can be made. It could have been. No, you wouldn't have Stifler. Well, OK, but so so back to the point you were just making the movies in the 90s were Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler movies. Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler are not wholesome. They're very raunchy, but they just don't curse or have nudity. Right. So their movies are rated PG-13. Right. And six they were more geared.
1: Him. They were more geared towards children. They were much less adults like they weren't all, like, all about. But like, even sex, and I think so.
0: I mentioned this on 32 fans like um, I recently my kids were watching uh, um, we're watching the first. Ace Ventura movie. The first scene in that movie is a blowjob scene. It is completely not acceptable for nine and ten year olds. However, uh, when I saw, right. it, I didn't even get it,
1: and they didn't get but it. But there's either, a I difference think. between a movie like Ace Ventura, which has a sex scene or two, oh, in no, it. No, no, and a I... movie like and a movie like American Pie, where the entire premise of the movie right. is everyone wants to have sex. All the time. No, no, no,
0: exactly. That's the. But I'm saying that this movie role models is essentially Ace Ventura if you take out two boobs and six f words.
1: Okay, right, right. They, yeah. they could take and out the moves yeah. and make it more suggestive
0: than Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I might have went too far. I don't think this movie needed to be rated R.
1: Yeah, you're right, because the heart of the movie is the kids, the two kids, and, like, them, like, getting acceptance from someone And in someone, theory, finally, one of those and... kids should
0: not even be allowed to see the movie that he's in, although he says more curse words than anybody. Right. <laughs> but, like... Yeah. He- he's too young. Um. All right, so, yeah, so sh- should should I do my, okay, so my we... American Pie Power rankings?
1: You could do your American Pie rankings, sure. and I'll try to uh, – sure. I'm going to okay, pull up so some of these wiki pages as we go. I
0: did, I did the 14, like, main characters. The 14 characters I remembered from American 14. Pie. Okay. So <laughs> okay. starting with number 14, uh, Chris Owen, who plays the Shermanator. And I'll, okay. I'll read from his Wikipedia um, page. In 2014, a New York Daily News article reported that Owen was working as a waiter at a sushi restaurant in Santa Monica, California. In the article, Owen said, life doesn't always go the way you planned. So I think it's safe that uh, to put Chris Owen at number 14. <laughs>
1: All right. Okay. Well, so yeah, you know, we can slot him in there for now. I'll sure. I'll I'll tell you if I agree or disagree okay, with your All right. As Number as
0: thirteen, go. I have Thomas Nicholas, who plays Kevin, who was coming into this movie as famous as anybody for kids our age because he played Rowan Gardner in Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. So he's the star right. in like one of the top kids movies for us, right? For- and
1: he also yeah. is presented as the star of the movie. Yes, and he also like played original, a kid like as he- you.
0: He played the main guy and a kid in King Arthur's court, which came out right after Ron Gardner. So he was like a legit child's actor for people. Art. We really
1: should just do an episode of American Pie if we're gonna do this, but like whatever, I guess. Sure. Okay. Whatever.
0: (laughs) Uh, But that's not this podcast. But uh, we guess do that. Um, Okay. So that's number thirteen because he really since then he hasn't done too much. Um, All right. Number number twelve, I have Eddie K. Thomas who plays Paul Finch. Well, are
1: we taking are we taking their personal lives into account?
0: Uh, Whatever you want. Sure.
1: Okay. Uh, well, you want to rank, move him up or down because of that?
0: No, I'm just curious. Now, uh number twelve, I have Eddie K. Thomas who played Paul Finch. Uh, he, according to, is the only person other than Eugene Levy who appeared in every American Pie sequel down to the
1: direct-to-video ones, uh-huh. which gives me, and also just how he looks, he sort of gives me um, Gunther. So from I think that vibes. makes him that that makes his that makes his uh, ranking lower to me. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> on him third from the bottom. Okay. The, okay, uh, but it's sure. not like the other ones. Oh, were he's too from, uh, also, than. he's from Staten. He's also from Staten Island, which is yeah. very low, re- low rank.
0: Uh, uh, now, but now he did play the Jewish doctor in Harold and Kumar. Um, <laughs> which is something that he did, uh, as you noted, born in Staten Island to a Jewish family. Uh, he um, his Wikipedia page is really running out of things to say. It says he grew up opposite a train station in the neighborhood of New Dorp. but then that's it. There's no like further <laughs> information about that. Like, why is that relevant, right? And then it says yeah. he adopted the name Eddie K. Thomas as a stage name for his acting career. His legal name is not publicly known.
1: Oh, I didn't so we, know that was a thing you could do.
0: Yeah. So we don't even know who Eddie K. Thomas's real name is, but we do know he grew up opposite a train station in the neighborhood of New Dorp. So, yeah. So Eddie K. Does Thomas. Does the IRS me. know about this guy? Yeah. <laughs> so I have him at number 12.
1: Um, it, it's sort of like he, how. He starred um, in the diary of uh, Anne Frank opposite Natalie Portman in yeah. at age seven. Oh, oh, that's pretty good. Okay um
0: natalie portman whose um, uh real name is natalie uh what goldfinch goldsmart Sh- no i think Schlegel or something yeah like something very dewy and uh less less smooth than portman all right number 11 i have shannon elizabeth who plays nadia uh the breakout star in many ways of american pie herschelang um,
1: herschelang oh herschelang yeah i had like um, the right conv- yeah, yeah, versus, you were close i wrong yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean nadia was like the primary reason that when we were in 10th grade Speaking for myself, but probably you also like we we saw this movie in theaters multiple times.
1: I actually did not. I saw it at somebody's house for the first time.
0: Oh, no. I saw this movie in theaters at at the. um, Maybe
1: I was like away for the summer and I missed it. Whatever. I I saw it many, many times on cable or whatever. It was back. It was Uh, back. Well, on cable, they
0: probably would. But no, it was back. It was the first week of school starting in 11th grade. And we went down to the AMC theater at 68th and Broadway. Um, no, excuse me. The theater was like at 69. 68th was the, um, oh no, 67th was the Barnes and Noble. Anyway, we went to that movie theater and saw this movie two or three times because of uh, yeah. Shannon Elizabeth Nadia. Um, and by the way, in hindsight, like putting a camera up. She's very like good. Le- She's
1: very good in this movie. Let me yeah, up. So she should up have, like a, she should have won many video, Oscars there. Like, she should have been videotaping videotaping best her. actress, best supporting yeah. actress. Yeah. We're talking about the, the <laughs> direction. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm saying that putting a, a video, uh, a video up and illegally videotaping her is like super criminal and probably would never fly. Oh, in oh
1: no, without very, consent. very inappropriate. Yeah. No, very also, horrible. she's supposed to
0: be 16 years old or whatever, which is a little weird. But we were 16 at the time. So. Yeah,
1: she is 20. She was 26. Yeah. Um, um, so since then. But she, just, so you like, know, the it was not done without Shannon Elizabeth's consent. So everyone correct. should be clear on that. Correct. Yes. Um, the I think, um, I I think I she's
0: see. like a poker player is like her most prominent thing now. So,
1: um, yeah, it looks that way. That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Um, oh, she's from Cape Town, just like your mom. Mm, Does nice. your mom know Shannon Elizabeth? I thought she's Lebanese or something. She's, a, she is Lebanese also. Her father's of Lebanese ancestry, mm,
0: but also some.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, oh, she yeah, was married to Jason Reitman.
0: Shannon Elizabeth was mm-hmm. cool. All right. Uh, number 10, I talked about uh, Shannon Elizabeth uh, being the breakout star of the movie. The real breakout star of the movie was Jason Biggs. Um, who yeah. plays Jim Levenstein, who uh is extremely Jewish in this movie, obviously, was also in a Woody Allen movie later, where I remember in an interview, Jason Biggs saying, Woody Allen refused to believe that I wasn't Jewish.
1: <laughs> Which yeah. is
0: like, yeah, he gives off big Jew energy. Um, but other than uh, not being really Jewish, Jason Biggs hasn't really done that much since then.
1: So So I would say he's probably he's done a lot, but nothing else that's been like that. Yeah, to, like he was on He's worked reflect. a
0: lot. He plays like the he plays the the boyfriend of the husband of the main character in Orange is the black who go, goes to
1: jail at the beginning of the season, the series, basically. Right. Right. I just yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that would be very happy with Jason Biggs's post American pie career. Yeah, no, these people all have wonderful careers. He like uh, worked yeah. he like worked a ton, was like the lead of a few movies, was in a few shows. Like he's he's a like, he has a very long page. Mm. Okay. All right. So do I have him too low, you're saying? Well, let's see. Let's see. I, I'm curious to see. I, I don't know all these people's careers all yeah. off the top of my head. Okay. I didn't do any research for this. So. All right. OK, so um, I'm, 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 I'm saying maybe you're sleeping on him, but let's see. Okay. Let's see. At number nine, I have Chris Klein,
0: who plays Oz at the time. I I, I think Chris election Klein. comes right after this. Is that right? With Reese Witherspoon? I forget the order no, right basically. before but election, I'm, I'm seeing. OK, so yeah, so election comes right before. So he's big because of that. Um and his career did not really turn out. You thought he might be almost like what Chris O'Donnell was like a generation earlier. Um, um but he mm-hmm. does not have that huge career. And he's on a Netflix series right now called Sweet Magnolias, which I'm not familiar with.
1: But um No, yeah, I'm so not Chris familiar with it either. His- but yeah, so 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 far I would put Jason Biggs ahead of him and not not even particularly okay. close. Okay. All right. Uh, number eight is where I have Tara Reed. Uh Vicky. Tara Reed, Tara okay. Reed. Yeah. She'll yeah. she'll probably stick there, yeah.
0: Okay, so she, um, she's obviously Bunny Lebowski, which is her most prominent <laughs> important role to me personally. She was in fa- all five of the Sharknadoes. But that's before, but that's before. Bunny Lebowski is before. Yeah, the Sharknados are. Right, so that's, after. Not, so that's
1: not relevant to this exercise. Yeah, I'm just mentioning
0: it. Um, okay, that's fine. Okay, so she's in five Sharknadoes. I think she's sort of most famous for being herself. She's sort of famous as Tara Reid. Like she has, like you know, reality shows she's on. I will note this her last 14, not an exaggeration, her last 14 movies don't have their own
1: wikipedia pages which is not ideal. Oh, no. Go look at her from um, on
0: Wikipedia. 14 movies in a row on yeah. the wikipedia page.
1: So She was nominated for a Razzie. Um, I'm sure for My boss's daughter. Ass. I I most think of her with uh the recurring character she plays on Scrubs. Mm. Um which I actually thought was very funny. So that's, uh, that's well after this, yeah. Yeah. Um that is in 2003 to 5. So yeah. Okay.
0: Number oh, she I number 7 was by the Bell,
1: a new class. I did not know that at all. Hmm.
0: no i think she's busy but very much almost as a self-parody
1: yeah 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 um she's definitely much more famous than jason biggs i don't know that her she's been more successful although let me put it this way jason biggs is like will be most famous no matter what for sure
0: for american pie yeah (laughs) well that's probably true for what i think that um i think that thomas Ian nicholas is more most famous for his kid acting like rookie of the year whatever right
1: yeah, well, for us, yeah. for people yeah. who were younger yeah. than us and who never Sh- saw those movies. Sh- yeah.
0: Shannon Elizabeth is probably most famous for American Pie also. Yeah. Chris Klein, yeah. I'd say Election. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John Cho is next. I have him at number seven. He is most famous for Harold and Kumar, which comes out after this. Sure. Um, he's also uh, prominently involved in some Star Trek thing that I have no familiarity with but seems pretty famous.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, seems, seems to be correct. Um, he was in an excellent movie called Searching from like five years ago. Yeah. Um, he was also in Columbus, which was like a very yeah. arty movie.
0: He did not work um, in the Obama White House. That was um, his, his co-star in Harold and Kumar. That was Kumar. Yes. Who was on yeah. House. Yes. Um, all right. Number six is where I put Mina Suvari, who plays Heather. First of all, she has a monster Her. 1999 American Pie and American Beauty. Yeah. Which yeah. is like you know, winning Oscars and stuff. And then the next year she right. does American Virgin. So she, uh, mm, uh, the American a, trilogy, yeah, the American trilogy. She's also a model for for Lancome cosmetics, uh, but she's another one who I, I think, especially because of American Beauty, and also the range of American Pie and American Beauty, you probably thought she she's also
1: have. in a bunch of the American Horror Story, uh, yeah, but she did not. So have she really career. loves anything with American, but you didn't have the she career. did not she, yeah. that you may have thought of coming off this for sure. Where, yeah, she was, she was, she may have had the highest upside coming off yeah. of uh, American Pie, you might say, mm, yeah. number five Uh, i have married three times so that's not going great for her either or maybe it is going great but she's only 44 she's still very young
0: yeah well they're all not for
1: it not for an actress i guess right they were all young yeah careful
0: that's what don lemon said or something like that didn't he (laughs) i don't know know. um all right sean william scott stifler i have it number five yeah so he will probably always be most primarily famous for being stifler yeah however his Wikipedia page. Uh, he's from Minnesota, which is, of course, is great. His movies have grossed over five billion dollars, which is wow. very incredible, and is not true for anyone else on this list. He's, he's a voice in all the Ice Age movies, so I'm sure that. Oh, okay, so great.
1: that but that's a that's a lot of them. Yeah, which like so, so like that almost counts a lot less for not almost it counts a lot less for you. It's like he's just a voice role. Yeah, but he's one of like the top. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say top two
0: or three, but probably one of the top. You know, six or seven voices in that movie, or movies. Maybe I don't um, know. he's Never important enough to keep bringing it back. Um, he, he almost, the fact that it, like wh- when your intro to your Wikipedia page says that you've grossed billions of dollars like that, like Samuel L. Jackson does that, except his is even
1: more than 5 billion. His is like, well, he, but like he, right. But he's like in, in all movies. the star Wars and Marvel yeah. movies. Yeah. Those, yeah. that's very different to me. Yeah.
0: Um, but Sean William Scott has had like a very busy career and like was, was the star, like in dude, where's my car opposite Ashton Kutcher. And in this movie, obviously like he was a star of a lot of like decently sized movies. Plus obviously, you know, being a, a supporting role in tons of stuff.
1: So yeah, he is the he is the sixth cat names uh person in price age. Yeah. And he's only in one, two, three, four of the movies. How many of them are there? Out of a lot. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, there's films and short films. Oh. There's one, two, three, four, five main movies. So, and then, the so he's just not in, so he's just not in the short films.
0: Oh, so who cares?
1: But he's in All the right. television. Yeah, whatever. He's in a bunch of stuff. But like Ray Romano is in everything.
0: Mm. Uh, this one He's time the on a podcast, I stuck a uh, Alison <laughs> Hannigan in fourth place.
1: Uh-huh. So she is Indeed. to me
0: clearly number four, which is sort of a tier by herself. She has Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which she's, you know, one of the main characters. But that was in, before, right? How- or that, that was, was right around the same
1: time, I guess. It was right around the same time.
0: But I think it extended into like 2005 or so because she was on a
1: place. Like yeah. Years. Oh, yeah. So it actually, it actually technically started before 1997. Yeah. But yeah, fine. It continues. And then Angel right was the and then the, and then How I Met Your
0: Mother is and How I Met Your like, Mother, of course, right? She, yeah. Yeah. So so she's number four. But um, I, I mean, is she probably first known for How I Met Your Mother at this point?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Um, okay. well, <laughs> which like I've that one line is the, probably the most famous line in the movie. About the, well, the bank, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think she's more famous for How I Met Your Mother, though.
0: Okay. All right, and then the top three, and admittedly, the top three are most famous sort of in, like, the little elitist blue state, you know, uh, critical <laughs> – jo- like, what I'm saying is the top three are primarily known for things that 90% of Americans probably don't watch. So it's – Right, this never is heard ranking. of. Yeah. Fine. Um, so number three is Natasha Leon. Um Orange is the New Black. She's involved with along with Biggs, as I said um yeah she she played poker face now now she's in poker face uh she grew up in orthodox jews she went to ramaz a school that we're both intimately aware of so like these things right that makes her much more
1: famous right
0: me of course yes
1: yeah she Uh, said her uh father's side was from flatbush and his mother's side her mother's side was from auschwitz she said yeah that's a great line
0: yeah uh by the way this is she's the example i gave when steen our friend speculated oh is it possible that jerry seinfeld's uh, son or daughter goes to Ramaz and we don't know about it I'm like that's impossible and the way I know <laughs> yeah. is every time we talk about Natasha Leone we have to mention the fact that she went to Ramaz and so if Jerry right. Seinfeld who is way more famous and important to us had a kid at Ramaz we mentioned also
1: you time. don't need to know a lot to know that Jerry Seinfeld doesn't send his kids to Ramaz Like, yeah his kids aren't he's not... there's a lot of information that's no on. but also like Jerry Seinfeld is not religious at all yeah
0: at all yeah so yes yeah, so it makes no sense Um alright so Natasha Lyonne is number three what, what are your thoughts on that ranking
1: um, I think she's definitely higher than anyone you've said so far. So I'm curious to see. Okay. I guess Eugene Levy is who you have higher and, who's, and who else. And so number two,
0: I have Jennifer Coolidge.
1: Oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Okay. So I thought not having Fine.
0: her at number one would be the controversy um, uh-huh. because of how huge she is right now in the culture because of White Lotus. And now she's in commercials for Old Navy. Yeah.
1: Well, so she's very big right now. She wasn't very big for a very long time between. So, she, okay, she's
0: now. in the Legally Blonde movies. She's in all the Christopher Guest yeah. mockumentaries, Best in Show, for your consideration. Yeah, but no one but, sees those. Yeah, yeah, she was in Joey, but she wasn't famous because of any of these things. It's really, she was Stifler's mom. She was always going to be Stifler's mom until she becomes Tanya yeah. from White Lotus. Yeah, you know what her first uh, on screen role was? Uh, Seinfeld, the Masseuse. The Masseuse. She plays Jody. Yeah. The first ever, um, the first ever uh, credit for her is Seinfeld, so that's pretty cool for our purposes. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. the reason I have the reason I have Eugene Levy number one is because, uh, for, I mean, he's literally been like, a, a, like a decently sized guy in our culture for half a century. He starts his career alongside Gilda Radner, Dave Thomas, Martin Short, Paul Schaefer, SCTV, um, all the Christopher Guest movies. He was like the co-writer, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, for your consideration. He's won four Primetime Emmys, a Grammy, a SAG Award. He's in both the Order of Canada and the Companion of the Order of Canada, which I don't know what that is, but apparently the companion is better. Um, and then Schitt's Creek. Oh, he also co-created Dan Levy, which is pretty good. So he gets half right. credit for everything Dan Levy's
1: got. And 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 Sarah.
0: And Sarah Levy, yeah. So so he he creates credit for what three quarters of Schitt's Creek because he co-created it with his son, yeah. but he co-created his son.
1: So yeah. Um, so Yeah.
0: But his daughter didn't co-create the show. She's just in the
1: show. Yeah, she's just in the show. But I mean, that's still she's one of the four main characters no, no,
0: uh, for sure. But Dan Levy is one of the four main characters and also the co-creator,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever he gets um, a lot. Yeah, of and he he's also kind of just like a meme onto himself. Like for sure. I feel like the rest, his entire Amer- post American Pie career, he's playing a caricature of his character from. American pie in some way, but or just before, like, or at least before. negotiating with it in some way.
0: Sure. But, I, but I see, I think that's our age thinking that because that's the first thing we know him from, but he was already in Christopher Guest movies for a decade, basically playing
1: the same guy. I know. I know. But I think yeah. that's, I think he's still just always Jason Biggs's dad. Like, now, I would, you know, I would, the I lessons posit- about masturbation and sex. And I would
0: posit if you showed a picture of Eugene Levy or Jennifer Coolidge or Natasha Lyonne to hundred Americans picked off the street, 90 of them could not say any of their names.
1: Would, yeah, all probably
0: famous in in like a, a relatively small bubble.
1: Yeah. Well, Eugene Levy, I know, as Mr. Habib from Father of the Bride, too, of course, that's a much more mm-hmm. famous yes. role. Um, we'll Eugene Levy, by house. the way,
0: who usually plays a Jew, is a Jew. <laughs> that, yes,
1: yes. Eugene Levy is a Jew. Yeah. Very obviously. So.
0: Th- this is not something we normally do on this podcast, but you think maybe we should get to the topic at hand.
1: Yeah, we should do that. Uh, maybe we'll do it a little bit accelerated because neither of us seem to be that enamored with this movie. Okay, and we gave a, we got a, gave a lot of bonus coverage of the American Pie franchise for some <laughs> reason that's still not clear to me. Yeah. But yeah, let's do role models. Where you know we have the aforementioned Stifler plays Wheeler, uh, we have Paul Rudd. Uh, two Paul Rudd movies I saw this weekend. The other one being, of course, Ant Man: Quantumania. Hmm. Uh Both very timely Paul Rudd movies. We uh, both he plays a fellow named this uh, Danny.
0: weekend. But uh, me and the All Star Game, you in a movie with Paul Rudd? Ah, oh, yes,
1: indeed. Big, big week for the ants. Yeah. Um and yeah, so they are working as these like promotional salesmen for an energy drink, energy drink called Minotaur. And it's they seem to have part of their brand is to convince people that and children specifically, rather than doing drugs, drink Minotaur because it's poisonous, but not as poisonous as drugs. Is, seem seems to be the uh, best case for this plan. Um, You know, part of their, uh, you know, presentation is like, why do people do drugs? Many reasons, which is true. So um, but,
0: but yeah, my, my, my question is. I understand why Sha- why Sean William Scott is dressed in a Minotaur's outfit and is going at these schools to s- scream. Like, what is Paul Rudd's role here? Like, why does he have to be why does he have to wear a suit and tie to work? Like a guy in a suit doesn't <laughs>
1: seem to fit Minotaur's company
0: profile. It's
1: yeah, just like he should be wearing like um polo shirt like the- and the- the jeans.
0: Or like the
1: pump up clothes yeah. that like they wear it like a ball game, like the you know, the fan experienced people.
0: Yeah. Um, um so, yeah, yeah so Sniffler really loves
1: the job. Danny's less less into the job. Um, yeah. He's like becoming all depressed and jaded by it. Um, I mean, cool. in part because he's helping some billion dollar corporation sell poison to children under the guise of drug um, information. Yeah. So I think that's part of it.
0: Yeah. But uh, he, he also he just gives off like very strong Larry David vibes throughout this movie. Yeah. Like, you know, like you started a fight with a girl at the party. She said ASAP. <laughs> as, as, and, th- and then and then the part yes, that i, I thought feel about, that
1: one that's very lolish yeah
0: yes and then the part that i feel about the most is when he um when they're like trying to make up and his attempt to reconcile with beth has real vibes of ld with cheryl like like he says to her i got a venti shy which is what they call large which i love which is very much like LD, <laughs> you know trying to convince cheryl even though both cheryl and beth know that they're full of shit and they're still like all pissed off and, and angry at the world
1: yeah so. Yeah. Um, So Wheeler throws this big party for him because it's the 10th anniversary at the company. um, And that's where we meet Elizabeth Banks and everyone's doing karaoke. But um, Dan, he's not interested. He's still just depressed and dejected. Um, So we go out for coffee the next day. Uh, I think this was actually like the only scene of the movie that I remembered kind of. Um, and he orders a venti. Sorry, he orders a large and the barista's like a venti, which would never happen. Like they don't, they don't correct you, but fine. Yeah. Um, and but this he goes was, on this, this whole was rant. a type
0: of comedy in like 1999. Yes. Like even
1: this, this is a little dated, this reference for this point, I think. Yeah. Um, that like, wh- why you even calling it venti? Venti means 20, tall means large, grande Ooh. means large. In fact, venti is the only one that doesn't mean large. And Beth is just like, you know, enough. You're just like always Debbie Downer. You know, you never take any joy in life. And just so you know, it's called Venti because it's 20 ounces, idiot. So that's you know, good punchline there. This, one, yeah, this was not the best scene. I I agree with you. A little dated, but uh memorable, I guess, for me. Yeah. No, it's funny still. Um, so like Danny's like trying to get out of his rut. Um And he he surprises her at work while she's uh, counseling what seems to be a very guilty criminal. Uh, He's uh, caught on tape yelling out his name and an admission of mea culpa of committing the crime as he's doing it. So, you know, that's not going to work out well for him. And he decides that the best way to break out of this rut is to propose. And he tells her, let's get married. I don't have a ring. The very words that any lovely young girl would want to hear from their soon-to-be husbands. Yeah. And she's like, no, not not only uh, am I not thinking we should get married, I think we should probably call this whole thing off. And she tells him that she's moving out and they're breaking up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... uh... I guess it's fair to say this leaves Danny in uh, somewhat of a free fall. Um, he's, he yes. kind of tweaks his messaging to the children. He, uh, he asks yes. aloud, why do kids take drugs? Because they're awesome. Yeah. Um, which is probably not the message that they were going to go with. Yeah. And he goes on this long rant about how horrible life is and all their dreams are going to be dashed. And oh, by the way, the minotaur you're drinking is poison. Yeah. And to make matters worse, as they head out, they see that their minotaur truck is in the process of being towed. And rather than you know deal with by, it l- in by Louis C.K. who drops a f a g g o t in his first line, which seems very on, uh, very on point for Louis C.K. Uh, yeah. Um, so Danny tries to break the the truck free, and he can't. Um, and he almost um, nails the security guard and crashes into a statue and knocks that over. And they are arrested and charged with a whole bunch of bad shit. Yeah. Now,
0: what I don't understand is why Wheeler and then the reversal will be true later in the movie. Why is Wheeler responsible for any of Danny's bad behavior? He's done nothing wrong. He was just sitting in the car where this other guy went nuts.
1: Yeah. Um. I suspect that's often the type of thing that happens when, you know, if you're you're hanging out with the wrong people, they just arrest everybody.
0: Oh, you might get arrested, but you wouldn't get charged if you had a you know remote kind of lawyer. I don't know. Anyway, but um, listen, we don't have a movie otherwise. If they brought if they're not both
1: going to uh,
0: get this, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. And so, yeah, so they go to Beth. They're like, oh, luckily, my ex-girlfriend is a a great criminal lawyer. Um, And she's like, yeah, you're kind of fucked. But luckily, I was able to make a deal with the judge where rather than getting 30 days in jail, which seems very excessive, um, you're going to get 150 hours of community service, which seems like almost nothing. Like 150 hours of community service is not equal to 30 days of jail for me. Like,
0: of course not. But also, none of this makes any sense. Like, what exactly is Sturdy Wings? It's an organization, as far as I can tell. That just provides free babysitting on weekends, right? Like it doesn't seem to be like any threshold you need to meet. Like both of these families that both kids come from seem to be like, you know, fairly well-off families. you know, they have decent houses and they have jobs and just like they don't want to spend time with their kids on weekends, so they send them to this organization. <laughs> An organization, by the way, that trusts guys who are found guilty of these crimes to be with kids. Like
1: well, I would feel that's, like well, that, that's often the case with these types of programs now. No,
0: if you're getting community service, it's not to be one-on-one alone with children when you've been convicted of like like violent or violent crime. I mean, you know, they No, they I, th- they I think you go pick like acting like idiots, side.
1: like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know how. Yeah, I've never been through the system, so couldn't tell you. Yeah, um, but yeah. um. So, yeah, as you said, they're going to be working for Sturdy Wings. Hmm. It's a big brother, big sister program. And it's led by what I would say to me was the star of this movie, um, which wasn't a very high bar. But Gail Sweeney, Jane Lynch, she's bringing like 90 percent of the energy in this movie. Um, 90 percent of the laughs in my opinion as well. And I didn't even think she was like that amazing. She was just kind of like kind of the upbeat scenes. Like every now and then we go back to her and she's just like acting like a goofy fool and uh, making me laugh. And uh she's a recovering addict who's now addicted to helping. Um, she's also a big she's a BSer, we'll learn. And you can't BS a BSer. Will be a common refrain that we'll hear from Gail Sweeney. Um, among the other people working there, we'll see is um Martin Gary. He was uh the naked church guy from the 10, right? And we also have Key, right? Key from Key of Key and Peel is he's not he's barely in it he's like kind of just like there
0: yeah he's clearly an extra he never gets to talk
1: it's interesting so when did he yeah. become
0: i think he and peel
1: yeah and how and yeah. when was that uh, i mean, know was like Durango. 2011 like the or 12 or 13 it came out okay, right. so this is uh so this is a little premature for him keegan michael Key. let's see was he in stuff though even yeah he has a bunch of stuff without a, uh, its own page from prior TV. Uh, he was in Mad TV. Oh, he's in a lot of mad TV. Um, yeah, that's about it. Pretty much. He was in mad TV and Reno nine one, one around the same time, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, so that's a lot of overlap of the state crew. And so I guess, right, I that's right, a right. Over here.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, And we find out that, you know, one word from Gail to the judge and they're going straight to prison. So they better not BS her.
0: Yeah, I do like, by the way, how 80 Miles, um, who, you know, who plays the Oliver character in the 10, like he's basically playing the same character in both of these. Like like Mm -hmm. when they go see the kids and and there's popcorn everywhere, he says, I've heard of popcorn in the face, but this is ridiculous. And it's like so stupid and silly in the same way as everything from the 10 is right
1: all right no i don't know
0: it's just uh yeah, um, I, I and i only really known from these two roles so
1: yeah um so we meet our two littles um yes. one of them much more famous than the other um mm-hmm. the great augie farks played by the great mclovin mm-hmm. and ronnie shields uh is uh played by the guy the kid who plays tracy jr in 30 rocks where it was my reference point for him
0: oh that's funny oh i did not know for anything
1: yeah. Um, and they're obviously very, uh, very opposite personalities. Ronnie is like a big troublemaker, very vulgar. Um, he's like, this is like his 10th big, like they all keep quitting on him. And Augie is just more of like a nerdy loser um, who's obsessed with like role playing games and is like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons type stuff yeah. um, and just have, having trouble making friends.
0: And again, I think the assumption when we first meet them is, oh, they must have really bad like home situations. Like, no, they're totally right. fine. Like, they're oh, Ronnie is a single mom. <laughs> Yeah, but she's got like a good job and she has a nice house. Like it seems it's like, like it, right? Yeah, she just wants free
1: babysitting on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, if they're uh they don't get off to a good start, and Danny's like, you know what? Let's just do the jail. Like <laughs> this is this is not worth it. Uh. But Wheeler's like, no, no, let's give it another shot. Well, the and... Wheeler says, if I go to jail, I'm going to lose my job, which raises the question: How
0: do they not lose their jobs after their performance at the last school? You would think. Destroyed- yeah. You would
1: think. <laughs> you would think you that's like a one-strike-and-you're-out type thing, you would think. Well, there was um, more than one
0: strike. They had like six strikes on
1: that day. <laughs> well, fair. Anyway, um, yeah. No, but meaning less like, you know, getting arrested, like on, on getting the Getting arrested,
0: job, telling you, everybody yeah. not to drink your thing. It's poison, telling them to do drugs, right, 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 destroying the Right, 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 you
1: know. Yes, yeah exactly. um but yeah so they stick with it and they even start to bond a little things start to getting a little bit better um we go out like we kind of see uh augie's medieval like fantasy role-playing world uh we meet ken Jiang, who is the king argotron he now, yeah i have a lot of everyone... questions here so yeah. um, this is not my world
0: but i know enough to know this is called larping right um they okay. don't call it larping in the movie they call it L a i r e. They
1: call it lair,
0: right? Yeah. yeah so instead maybe that's of L a i r, that like a trademark? Maybe well, no, it's a no, thing outside. Well, it, it doesn't seem to be as far as I know, and based on my googling, so I'm very confused. Why they? Is it because maybe LARP Larping wasn't famous enough at the time, and and I don't know. and the, you know maybe the show just thought Lair would be a funnier word or a better word. I don't know, but it's, it it sort of throws me off. It seems like a weird thing to say. Um, and then also I can't understand it all. Augie comes to these all the time. Right. He clearly has relations with all these people. Yes. His mom and stepdad aren't bring him because they're against it. So who normally brings him to it? And I guess the answer is like he's old enough. He doesn't need a babysitter and come by himself, which again raises the question. What is Danny even doing here at all? Why is this guy part of this program <laughs> at all? None of it makes any sense. He's like. He's
1: right. He has like a, he has like a whole he has like a whole social life.
0: Yeah. And his parents
1: may not. Have I mean, to it's him. not it's not like the most typical high school social life, but like he has a community. He's doing this thing.
0: Yeah, uh, to, to quote Chris Rock, uh, we when uh, his stand-up from and off gets nervous as I say those words. <laughs> um, when he, he's talking about Columbine, and he's like, "They complain they don't have friends. There were six of them. I didn't have six friends in high school." This is Chris Rock. But, uh, I mean, yeah, Danny seems to have. Oh, excuse me, Danny. Um, um, what's what's his name again? Augie. Augie seems to have Augie. tons of friends. He's got a girl's interested in him. Like he's got a whole. <laughs> okay, it's it's in like uh, it's in this LARPing community, but still, he's doing great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ken Jeong is the king, King Argotron. Um, he wants everyone to kneel before him. Danny pulls a big uh, Mordecai and refuses <laughs> yes. to kneel. Yes. Great reference. Perm uh, is uh, less than two weeks away. Yes. Yes. Um, he would not kneel. Mm-hmm. Um, heroic. Yeah. Ken Jeong is going to decree that he has to murder Paul Rudd and everyone who is a part of his race. Yeah. As revenge. Um, so, yeah. So. We uh we see Dandy trying to like go to Beth and see, look, I'm doing you know, doing this thing, I'm changed, like marry yeah. me now. And she's like, No, you're an idiot. This is for the yes. best. Yes. Um, and we but also get to meet uh, we, we got to meet Lynette, the mom, and her boyfriend Jim, who's played by Ken Marino, who's a tremendous okay, so, asshole. So <laughs> this is weird.
0: So Ken Marino's character, never once mentioned in the show, but he's credited as Jim Stancil. Now, as you may recall, I said on the last podcast, oh. Jim Jim is mentioned yeah. in every single Wayne movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is ultimately played that. by Michael Sarah in the Netflix series. Well, oh, here, apparently, and I don't even think David Wayne remembered that Jim Stancil is the full name of Ken's character here because in this AMA where he talked about this, he mentioned the fact that, that Jim Stancil, we don't meet Jim, Jim Stancil until Michael Sarah. But that's right. not in the Netflix series. But that's actually not true because, again, in the credits, Ken Marino's character is named Jim Stancil. Fascinating stuff. Mm. Uh, um, by the way, our full list of pretty, pretty, pretty good overlaps in this movie. I have Ken Marino, Paul Rudd, Jane Lynch, Joe LaTrulia, Kerry Kenny Silver. Anyone else? I think that's the full list. Uh,
1: sorry, I wasn't looking. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Elizabeth Banks, we said? Elizabeth Banks, yes. She's in Curb. Yes, she's in Curb. Matt Walsh. You said Matt Walsh? Oh, Matt
0: Walsh also. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Matt, I like Matt Walsh's character. He plays, he's, he's one of uh, the king's guards, but he's a cool guy, unlike the king who's a dork. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, um, oh, we, yeah, over also, say, I don't we see what else. Over
0: the ridiculous scene where um, where Ronnie steals Wheeler's car. Yeah. Um, it it starts with uh, with Ronnie saying "Fuck you, Miss Daisy," which is a great reference for an eight year old kid because I don't think any eight year old kids have ever seen *Driving Miss Daisy*. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yes. Um, so obviously written by an adult, but um, Wheeler would never leave. The- First of all, for- Wheeler would not leave Ronnie in the car, and he certainly wouldn't leave the keys in the car. That's completely insane. <laughs> Bringing them both oh, into the car. Stifler's an idiot. Yeah, there's also um, when Ronnie carjacks Wheeler, you can actually see a stuntman driving the car like in the parking lot. Uh, uh,
1: interesting. i not sense. even wearing the
0: same color shirt as Ronnie, so
1: they didn't try that. Ah. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. Um, yeah, so we meet uh Ronnie's mom, Karen. Even th- even she thinks uh Ronnie kind of sucks. She's like, Oh, you have a great kid. She's like, Really? Um, <laughs> and uh, we see that, um Ronnie learns about Wheeler's favorite band, Kiss, and most importantly, he learns that all the songs are about dicks. Yes, about fucking. Very important about thing sex. to know about or fucking, right? Sex yeah. and fucking and dicks. And um, okay, so we Jewish all... people were not allowed to sing about these things at the time. That's why they had to wear makeup. It's true. We weren't. Yeah. Um, so we all go on a on a great overnight camping trip. Trip. Uh, lots of fun will be had. Oh yeah, that's we another one. That...
0: These parents are letting their kids go camping with these random weirdos.
1: <laughs> yeah. We find out that 80 miles uh, is just
0: dropping a deuce in the middle of
1: nowhere. Yeah. Ronnie, like Wheeler, is obsessed with breasts, and he he teaches him much in the way that Jerry Seinfeld once taught George Costanza about not staring at the breasts. You kind of take a quick look and then look away. Um, But Wheeler demonstrates an ability to not look at any breasts, but also have excellent awareness, breast awareness of his surroundings, where all the quality breasts are. Yes. It's a very good skill.
0: Yeah. I agree. Uh,
1: so yeah, so first the church naked church guy tells a you know a horror story, and then <laughs> daddy tells them a real horror story about <laughs> yeah. children who are kidnapped and sold into sex trafficking. Yes.
0: Um, um okay, so this is the part I don't understand. So Wheeler and Connie decide that they need so Connie is this attractive uh woman yeah. in the Big Brother program who Wheeler's always hitting on, but she's engaged. But it turns out and that, Oh,
1: and she's always been like refusing him and like yeah. saying, like, why are you talking to him? I'm engaged. And then yes. all of a sudden, yeah.
0: We discover that. There's no cheating outside the Los Angeles area code.
1: Yeah, which is not my understanding, but I guess, you know, every couple has. Well, no, she's, Yeah, I don't. Yeah.
0: Um, but but Wheeler. So um, Danny has brought Ambien to help him sleep because he's got sleep issues. But Wheeler and Connie need Ambien for the sex. And that I don't understand at all. Why
1: well, do they, I don't need know that they need it for the sex? No. So they are they are trying a thing, which I've heard is a thing that if you take Ambien and then force yourself to stay awake, you get like extremely high. So they're trying to get oh, extremely high on Ambien oh, oh, and, and oh, have okay. sex. Oh, I yeah. See. So it's like okay. kind of like an ecstasy type thing. Um, I have never tried this, but this is what but I
0: Ambien, Ambien is supposed to make you fall asleep.
1: Yes. Ambien is a sleeping drug.
0: OK, so you t- so you take medicine that's supposed to make you fall asleep, but then you try not to
1: fall asleep. We try to stay awake. Right. By the way, we're not indoors correct. This behavior. Yes, we don't notice any of it. The drugs are awesome, as the movie says. But, you know, you should only do it under the supervision of a doctor. Yes.
0: Um, fortunately, I'm married to one, but I've I've never done this <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. But 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 then, but then okay. So Wheeler obviously this will backfire. They'll both fall asleep. Uh, they don't seem to get to uh, complete their sex to their uh, enjoyment. But then Wheeler will seemingly suffer no consequences for passing out on drugs naked in front of all these children.
1: Um.
0: And n- neither will Connie.
1: Well, I, well, who is Con- oh, Connie's in the program too? Yeah. So Connie should be in the most trouble. You would think, right? Well, I
0: mean, she was just naked in a tent. Wheeler was naked
1: in I tent guess she everything. was naked in a tent, right. Yeah, yeah. so Wheeler, right? right. Um, the question, though, is why is Danny at all in trouble? Danny did nothing wrong.
0: Yeah, well, Danny will uh, basically in be in trouble sense. for defending this kid from his asshole parents.
1: No, but, but right now, yes, they get, they get, they get collectively summoned to jail. Yes. They get, right. Which so is it's, a reverse it's the reverse of the original yes. arrest. Yeah, exactly. They're just linked. They're linked. They're like two. a minotaur.
0: When one's in trouble, yeah. the other's in trouble.
1: The yeah, other is right, but and as long as up, she's
0: down. Every time we get a Jane Lynch scene, as you said, it's it, to me it's so obvious that she's improvising her lines. The reactions yeah. of Sean William Scott and and um Adam and um Adam Scott sorry and Paul Rudd, it's so obvious that they're reacting in real time to Jane Lynch's insanity. It's it's delightful. It's phenomenal. It's the best part of the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, and this is where really, you know, things start taking a turn for the better. Like, they're you know, we see them have a nice day at the beach, a day at the arcade. They're doing all sorts of fun places. Danny's getting involved with the medieval uh, live action stuff. Um, and the, um, I guess like kind of like the turning point of the movie or the, you know, the big climax in the middle is this, uh, day of battle where Augie sneaks up behind the king when he's not paying attention and kills him. And the king doesn't, uh, he doesn't admit. Um, it's almost like if, let's say there was like an election, right, for example. And the current, let's say king, lost the election. And he's like, no, I didn't lose the election. They cheated in the election. I want to stay and be the king. And he makes yeah. up a bunch of lies and gets a bunch of other people who are scared of the king to disagree with the king and say that he really lost um, in the battle. And there makes, you know, they make, he makes a whole big to do about the fact that he didn't really lose. Um, yeah, and, and no, I mean obviously like we a, wouldn't really have that in real life
0: well this seems like a huge flaw in, in this whole game because yeah right. if you're going to participate like this, this is not a game with like real consequences it's for fun and if you're going to cheat yeah you def- because it's basically based on you know honesty and self-reporting yeah you defeat the whole purpose of it um, and it is interesting because everybody else seems cool with it like even the king's guards like Matt Walsh he has that endearing scene where he gets killed later by Paul Rudd and he's yeah. like it's fun though right and it's like it's sort of it's cute like everybody's into it except for uh, the king the king's a dick ken
1: jong The king is a huge dick he's yeah he just has no none of the right energy like you're not right, gonna do this like what are you doing here like this yeah. is like a big like win for you that you get to still be the king and the fake thing like yeah i mean i understand how it could be life. because
0: it's really important to him but like yeah, i guess you know, i guess especially to a child you're not yeah. supposed to do this to children um, to, to quote sean william scott from earlier in the movie obviously we're not supposed to butt fuck the kids
1: obviously <laughs> and that also applies um, metaphorically yeah. Um, and so, you know, they when they're over at the, the house that night and Danny's like trying to tell them and they're just like, oh, like, it's fine. Like, we like we, we're glad that he's not going to be doing this like nonsense anymore. Yeah. Um. And he like starts, you know, yelling at them that like they're not more supportive of him. They should be like encouraging him to do something that he loves. And they basically kick him out of the house. And he says, you know, I'd be psyched if he was my kid, which, you know, is nice yeah. that we see he's actually taken something to this. this kid. Yeah. Yeah. But um,
0: oh boy, will he be in trouble for defending a child before this child's yes. obnoxious parents?
1: Yeah. Now Stifler, on the other hand, yeah. genuinely fucks up here. Um, well, uh yes, we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Um, he takes Ronnie with him to some like frat party. So like for starters, like not exactly the best. But okay, fine. Uh, a, as long as he's not not you know, a good environment supervising him. Yeah. Not the worst thing, but not ideal um okay and then when he However, gets approached by a girl on. what yeah. do, what does ronnie okay
0: ronnie and wheeler have bonded over the observation of boobies and the, the appreciation <laughs> in general of sex
1: so you're saying that, that hold on ronnie not shouldn't be such I'm, a cock
0: block i'm not done presenting my case the uh-huh. word you just used ronnie literally says to wheeler on the way to the party you better not cock block me so ronnie <laughs> says to wheeler don't cock block me and now Ronnie is essentially mad at Wheeler for trying to get some. So Ronnie is trying to cockwalk Wheeler. Uh-huh. No, now, you can argue rationally. To. He's an eight-year-old child,
1: and he gets afraid. And the I, gets yeah, I think he's an eight-year-old child who got scared and wandered home. and that All was neither,
0: completely so I mean... legitimate. But Ronnie getting <laughs> mad at Wheeler goes against character. Now, again, the character is an eight-year-old. So, but.
1: Uh, yeah, that that that's my um, defense. Of yeah, so they both get kicked out of the program. Um, Ronnie for so Wheeler for abandoning a kid to have sex. Um, Danny is kicked out of the program for staunchly defending the kid and being supportive of him. Um, and Beth is like, "All right, I'll give you guys another shot. I'll try to defend you." And but you know, honestly, like I think that's it's going to be jail this time. There's only so much I can do. Which is insane. And Wheeler's like.
0: This, yeah. is the, this is the good least bad thing they've done so far.
1: <laughs> Wheeler's like, this might be a good time to ask. Is that whole get-out-of-jail-free card from Monopoly based on something in real life? Yeah. Um, and Danny Wheeler, you know, start blaming each other, they get into a big fight, and their friendship is off.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I played Monopoly with my son yesterday, um, and um, he uh, was short on funds, and he had a get-out-of-jail-free card.
1: Well, so what I'm going to tell you is you can't play Monopoly with two people because everyone will, will be short on funds. There's not oh, enough money in the game with two yeah, people. Yeah, you yeah, need three... Well,
0: it's it's yes it's very dumb i agree um well i don't it,
1: i think i think it's fine with 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 more three or more people um it still is like a long game it takes forever but like it's just yeah. not playable with two it's it's first of all it's just like everything is zero sum and yes, there's not the enough money problem. in the game for it yeah. to work there's not enough money to buy the properties and and build hotels and all that you need the third person that's that third stack of cash or you can just give more money to start yeah or
0: you can play with snake eyes and free parking and all those silly rules and then cash gets recycled
1: even but, yeah. even that like the properties are pretty expensive and yeah. like they just you know, and well, then the, the, the it, trading it also doesn't work. The trading for properties also doesn't yes, work. because like everything trade. I'm giving you works. So like yes, with three, yes. it makes it so much more interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So basically what happened is one person, which was me, uh, could afford to put some houses. And then that basically ended the game because he had no money because uh, he had no way to catch up. Yeah. So he tried to sell. So the reason I brought this up is because we mentioned the get out of jail free card. He said to me, oh, I think you're allowed to sell the get out of jail free card back to the bank. And I said, you're not. You can sell it to me if you want. And he said, no, you can sell back to the bank. I said, for how much? He's like, well, for whatever
1: you want. I'm like, well, <laughs> whatever you right. want. A million dollars. ten thousand thousand dollars. The rule is definitely not for whatever you want. That, <laughs> I, I, that I'm sure of. I, I appreciate such a thing. Well, the valuation is $50 since
0: that's how much you pay to get out of jail ordinarily.
1: Yeah, so, probably. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's worth a little bit, but life, it's
0: negotiable. All right. Anyway. Um, yes. But unfortunately for, for Stifler, also known as Wheeler, I guess, is that intentional? that Like he has a first name, but he actually he's like, no, no, call me Wheeler. He wants to be yeah, call
1: Wheeler. me. Wheeler. Yeah. 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 Um, so Danny goes to see the King and he convinces him to allow Augie back in to seemingly. fight. Yeah. Seemingly he, he says yes, but we find out that really, he, makes um, Danny he kiss told everyone ring, else, literally. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, yeah. Don't let, don't let him in. Yeah, um, cause he's a big cheater. Um, and Wheeler goes back and like, you know, reunites with Ronnie and like Ronnie forgives him and Karen says, okay, we can see. And, and uh, Wheeler is like, I want to hang out with him even like w- sturdy wings or not. Like I like him. I want to, yeah. you know, him to be my friend now, which is nice. Um. So they all pull up in their like kiss themed minotaur truck. You know they declare themselves the country of Chris Kiss Myanthia. Mm-hmm. and it's on. And this time, Augie and just defeats by coincidence, the king,
0: at the exact same time, is their necessary court hearing, which they must attend in person in order to not ah, lose.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, for which they will they, suffer he no He defeats the king this time in plain sight, so everybody could see. Um but as luck would have it Sarah then immediately comes and defeats him so he's like the king for a day like um yes. or the heir for a day like in uh, House of the Dragon
0: Now Sarah um, her her name in the in the larping is Esplin which sounds like Esplin, Esplin from those yeah. old ESPN commercials uh uh-huh, right. And the person she's played by, Alexander Stamler, I'm not familiar with her, but she gives off big Lauren Lapkus energy in this movie to me.
1: Interesting. I saw her and I was like, oh, she like, she looks so familiar, but yeah. she's like nothing. She doesn't yeah. even have a Wikipedia page.
0: I think it's because Lauren Lapkus. You know who she is, right? That
1: could be. Oh, uh, who's that? If you Google her, you'll recognize her and you'll see, oh,
0: yeah, that's who I probably thought this was.
1: Lauren Laplus? Lapkus?
0: L-A-L-A-P-K-U-S. Lapkus, L-A-P-K-U-S. Right. She plays Lapkus. like the girl... For- uh-huh she plays, i say pete holmes's girlfriend in um in yeah. Holmes show on. Edge, um, um
1: i don't like think it. i thought it was her but yeah um, i see what you're saying yeah. no they She's do look a look little bit like yeah um, um i also like so yeah there's a marvin
0: Hamlish, uh great sidefield connection reference where augie says that people say he looks like marvin Hamlish, and he doesn't even know who marvin Hamlish is uh-huh um what else oh i like i like what they say you know what i say to the naysayers i say nay which um, <laughs> which is – reminds me, which is why I randomly sent you this article and then shared it on the 30 fans' patron. I wrote an article like 15 years ago for baseball, the, the headline of which is, The Naysayers May Say Nay. Interesting. So, yeah, they I stole the that. joke from me because I made it in 2005 uh, on mm-hmm.
1: they, should, they, they should send should you a royalty, check. check.
0: Yeah. The rule, master, um, the rule Master in the beginning of the big battle is wearing a blue yarmulke for no explained reason, which is very funny.
1: Uh, yes interesting and, and that um, guy the
0: rule master his name the the actor is nate harley i don't know who that is but he looks to me he looks exactly like martin hurley from please don't destroy and snl uh-huh interesting but obviously not him because he's uh he'd yeah be way probably too now um, yeah and oh my the other thing and you know this is so almost like in movies how in in, in, in movies with real life battles there's always time in the middle of, like, these real-life battles of murder and, like, chaos around for, like, main characters to have, like, extended emotional one-on-one conversations and moments. With no consequence. Sure, And so right. I like how, uh, sort of to parody that, in this movie also, constantly throughout this chaotic battle, there's these long, extended one-on-one conversations, and none of the participants get killed, you know, whilst having them.
1: Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Sarah's so, the cl- the clown, the queen. She and, chooses Augie as her king.
0: We we yeah. see that you know everybody has shown up. Augie's parents have shown right, up, and been yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And 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 Danny's uh, girlfriend Beth has shown up, and uh, ex girlfriend. And not only is she not upset that they're now going to jail. Which, you know, it doesn't seem to be a concern, but she everybody loves everybody again. Everybody reconciles.
1: Right. Everyone um, reconciles. Everybody lives happily ever after.
0: Oh, during the during the one on one battle uh, between the king, Ken Jong and Augie. Uh, when, when his mom cheers for him, Ken Jong says, you shut up, whore. And then Augie says, my mom is not a whore. And then Ken Jeong says, yes, <laughs> she is. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so as you said, there's a happy ending for everybody. And um, we get one more great Jane Lynch scene where she says, now, I don't want to be too graphic, but I used to sick, s- suck his dick for drugs, which is <laughs> that the, he in that sentence is the judge, which is how they get out of going to jail, even though they no-show the uh, the appointment.
1: Oh, well, that's so, very nice of
0: her. Yes. Um, yeah, so she uh, she she brings in the uh, the dick-sucking-for-drugs favor. And by the way, this judge probably shouldn't be on the bench if he's uh, giving people drugs for us for sex uh, for sex favors. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. yeah. Well, she says he used to, so maybe he's also a recovered. He's
1: all right. He's he's reformed. Yeah.
0: And I guess that's why he's now. Now he's to addicted to justice. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> uh, on that note, Ava. Uh...
1: Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are.
0: How do you rate this? Uh,
1: this movie. Um, I will say this movie is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Two and a half. Um, I think it's definitely not that great. It's below average. Um, certainly, like, taking that list that Svi sent in earlier, it's near the bottom, if not the bottom, of that list for me. Um, just, like, doesn't compare to me to that stretch of really great comedies. Um, yeah, like, Paul Rudd is likable, and he has this charming Paul Rudd, but, like, not his best. Uh, Stifler, um, not, I just, like, I'm not amused by anymore at this point in my life. Um, probably should have not been ever, but, you know, whatever. I was a teenage boy, so it's okay um and yeah jane lynch has, has her moments he brings some energy the boys are are nice and charming especially uh especially mclovin so it was cool to see him um yeah ronnie's pretty funny too um but overall the whole thing just ke- feels very paint my numbers to me um doesn't do much and not great mm, okay yeah
0: i'm definitely higher on it than you first of all, i gotta defend stifler there uh Sean William Scott- I would say he deserves better because I always like him and stuff, but he's made $5 billion, for, his movies have, so I think he doesn't need to do much better. He seems to be doing fine. But, yeah, um, yeah I think he's very good. He's very funny. He he's, he is he, his range overly broad. I mean, again, it's broad enough to earn $5 billion in his movies, so it seems to be doing fine. But I thought he was good. I, I thought, as I said at the top, I thought this movie was fine. I don't know that I needed to rewatch it, and I wouldn't have if I had known what it was. But having rewatched it, I'll say that I enjoyed myself throughout. I'm not exactly, I said this at the top also, I'm not exactly sure who it's for before because The Cursing and the Raunchiness, it's a rated R movie featuring children in like a semi-corny ending. It, it probably could have been rated PG-13, but as I also said at the top, this movie's reviews were much better than even the previous two movies we've, we've uh, you know, the two sort of cult hits we've discussed so far. So this movie seemed to do fine. And having rewatched it accidentally, I'll say I enjoyed myself. So I will say it was pretty, 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 pretty good. That's three and a half for me. So a little higher than you,
1: a little higher than me. Oh come on, be a come with guy. What about your
0: a come with guy
1: or gal? Uh, my come with gal is Jay Lynch. Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. She to me is the best part of this movie. Um, so I'll give her scenes the come with energy.
0: Yeah, I um, you know that that's a good one. I'll, I'll I'll give it to Elizabeth Banks. I just think she should have been given more to do. I love her at everything she does, and she's she's good yeah. here, but she's sort of a little bit playing the straight man. And let let her let her be on straight, right? Like we saw on Curb. She's good uh she's good when she gets to be a bit more wacky also. Yep. If I could I'd sentence all twelve of you to death by my foot up your ass fucking assholes. What about you the, uh, the fucking asshole? Who's that?
1: Uh, The fucking asshole is Augie's mom and uh, stepdad or boyfriend, whatever they are, um, who just don't see that this is like, you know, a good, fun kid. And so he likes something a little bit different. And they're just so discouraging. And some stranger off the street who's a felon is able to pick up on this in 20 minutes. And they're just, uh, you know, awful mean to Augie. And I don't like like it. They're fucking assholes. I wouldn't want them to be my parents.
0: Yeah, Um, hard to disagree with. But I will give it to a different Ken. Ken Marino, great douchebag. But Ken Zhang, the king, I guess he <laughs> yeah. slightly redeems himself at the end when he dies fairly in the final battle. But, you know, yeah, if,
1: no, only because everybody saw. Yeah,
0: yeah, he didn't have a choice. Everybody was watching. Otherwise, he probably would have tried to score with this child again. He tried to get this kid kicked out of like the one group that is his like joy in life. So, yeah, all the Kens are big assholes. But uh, I'll uh, give the edge to Zhang over uh, Marino and company. <laughs> And on that note, do we go to the postman? Or we'll come back to the postman, I guess, since we uh, we started with the postman yeah, already. come
1: back to the postman. Uh, postman! Uh,
0: postman! Uh, postman uh, come here! here Tell uh, the uh, neighborhood! what a Shonda, Larry?
1: Uh, uh, Larry uh, David Not only are you a lousy dude, but you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! Let's do the rest of Zvi Raps's Raps' uh, postman. Oh, he has more. Okay. Um, he says, "I well, yeah, I just did, uh, we were talking about the movie. Oh, the so, relevant. But you know, yeah. on this movie yeah. itself, he says, I love this movie, but I haven't had a chance to watch it in a while. Come With Guy is Paul McCartney and Wings for writing the banger Love Take Me Down to the Streets the fucking asshole is the Minotaur Corporation for trying to get kids hooked on their awful shit. Actually, the schools that they present at, why are they agreeing to this? To keep kids off drugs? Who's vetting this science? <laughs> he gives the movie four out of five pretties and twenty percent not pretties.
0: Oh, okay. That's pretty good.
1: Um, oh, he actually says we should watch Walk Hard before uh, Party Down, but uh, we're, well, we're not actually no going to fit There's in anymore before, more before Party Yeah, well, yeah. it could be just the timing of when he wrote this, whatever. Um... He's been meaning to rewatch it as a companion to Elvis. Um, Jim Crumley says, Role models beat my expectations. The writing was a bit up and down, but the actors did a good job with it. Elizabeth Banks was a bit underutilized, but that is pretty par for the course for this type of movie. And he gives it three out of five pretties. Come with Guy is Wheeler. Dex them out in full kiss regalia for Lair. That's too much. Fucking asshole the king. Worst king since Burger King. And finally, Zach Brooks says, I'm Zach, and sometimes I call myself the Booby Watcher. It's not the most original joke, but I identify with Danny's coffee-sized rant. Never realized venti means 20. Latte Larry's would have had those fancy terms. Would never have those fancy terms, sorry. This movie is such a 2008 time capsule, complete with Louis C.K. dropping a hard F-bomb. But I'm kind of surprised how not funny Camerino was in this. Love Gun is a banger song. Come with is Gale, but shout out to Matt Walsh in this. Fucking asshole, mid-2000s casual homophobia. And he gives the show, the movie, sorry, two and a half parties. Hmm. And that brings us to the end of The Postman and the end of our uh, little uh, Party Down movie club that we've been doing the last few weeks. We did The Ten, we did White Hot, we did Role Models, and whether you like it or not, we got Party Down back in our lives coming up at the end of this week, so that's really exciting yeah um, don't you hate to be continued on tv i mean the whole
0: reason you watch a tv show is because it ends if i wanted a long boring story with
1: no point to it i have my life
0: and so I know we're releasing that's what we'll this be about next. we're releasing this on monday something like that and this friday Season 3 of Party Down premieres and I think our plan of is we're going to at least for episode 1 and we'll hopefully keep it this way depending on what kind of feedback we yeah, get. Yeah, we're going to have a very quick turnaround on that. Yeah, we're we're going to release um we're going to release the podcast as soon as the episode uh, really airs um because uh and so, uh, so let your friends and family know. We're watching Party Down and enjoyed. If they want to hear a podcast the moment the episode airs on TV, you can come and download our podcast uh because there will not have been time. We will not be having a postman uh in that episode but you can still submit your postman comments questions complaints jokes whatever else you want and we will cover those uh in another episode later in the week is that the general yeah, plan so we're
1: gonna yeah we're gonna at least for week one we're gonna try it out see how it goes we're gonna split yeah. the episode into two parts we'll have like uh you know an episode where we cover the episode and then we'll do like a feedback postman type show um so you know feel you know give you a couple extra days we'll probably aim to do that maybe like monday night um so you kind of have 48 hours from the time the show airs to send them in. Um, And you'll also maybe have had a chance to listen to our podcast by then. So you can also tell us why we're idiots and why the show is much funnier and much less funny than we say. Um, And what you're excited about, what you're not excited about, what you liked, what you're looking forward to. Um, So that should be great. Hopefully uh, we get some uh, new listeners out there who are interested in party down, bringing back in everyone's lives. And if uh, this is your first time checking us out, we're excited to have you on board. If you've been along for the ride, then continue aboard.
0: And just to be specific, uh, on next uh, next week on this podcast, the name of the episode, episode one of season three, is Kyle Bradway is Nitromancer. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out what that means. But Kyle
1: Bradway is yeah. Nitromancer. Looking forward. I'd like to know what that means.